Yes, times are crazy, but through Christ we have the total, complete, unwavering love and acceptance of God. So we don't have to nurse our fears and we don't have to rehearse our fears. We don't have to let them consume our thoughts. What we get to do is set our thoughts on whatever is excellent and praiseworthy. We get to turn to God, turn to His Word, and we can overcome whatever is laid in front of us by the authority we have as His children, adopted into His family. So over the next few weeks, however long it may last, uh, as we are taking cautionary measures as a nation, I want to just encourage you, stay dialed into your church family. Stay engaged with your community group, with those you have relationships with, uh, via text message, phone call, email, whatever that is for you. Stay connected with your church family on Facebook, on our website, because uh, we're going to be putting out a lot of content and having dialogue and communication and encouraging one another. And it'll be a great way for you to feed yourself things that are excellent and praiseworthy. So I just want to share something with you uh, from the scripture. Uh, we're in the New Testament now. Uh, we are just, we've just left the period of the Old Testament. 400 years, God has been silent. He stopped talking through the prophets. And then all of a sudden, one day, God speaks to a man named John. And John is kind of a wild man. Uh, I, I sometimes refer to him as the original Christian hipster because he lived out in the wilderness. He wore weird clothes, ate weird food, did his own thing. He emerges into the public eye and he begins to say things like, Repent, for the kingdom is near. And he begins to say to things like, Prepare the way for the Lord. He is declaring that after 400 years of silence, the Messiah has come. And then one day, as recorded in John chapter 1, verse 29, John the Baptist, different John, he sees Jesus, and he points him out to the people around him, and he says to them, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He points Jesus out as the Savior. And one day Jesus comes to him, and he says, John, I want you to baptize me. Now, for Jesus, this baptism was the inauguration of his public ministry. At his baptism, Jesus comes into the public eye. So let me read the account of it. Here's how it went down. It's in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me. But Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up, he went up out of the water, and at that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I like to imagine John's reaction to seeing this, like the Spirit of God coming down from heaven and a voice from heaven. Like John's got to be pretty shocked. That's pretty convincing evidence that Jesus actually is the guy, that he actually is the Savior of the world. Okay, so that's just a little bit of context for John the Baptist and the expectations that he would have had and his belief in Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, John, John was pretty convinced, he had to have been after that, that Jesus really, really was the Savior of the world. 
But now I want to read to you from Matthew 11. This is right near the end of John the Baptist's life. Beginning in verse 2, it says this, When John, who had gone to prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Are you the one that the prophets talked about, who, who would be the Savior? Or should we expect someone else? Isn't that really interesting that John the Baptist, who saw the Spirit of God descend on Jesus, he heard the voice of God say, This is my Son. This is the one. John is experiencing doubt. Isn't that interesting? Uh, we experience doubts all the time, even ones that are totally disconnected from reality. Like, is this airplane going to stay in the air, uh, for example? Sometimes when we're just a little bit unsure, or we're in, we feel like we're unsettled, or uh, we're, we're unclear about where we're going, we have unreasonable doubts. And it's why when you save an important file on your computer, say... You go and check and make sure it's saved before you close the program. Uh, we have doubts, sometimes unreasonable doubts. The important thing is to hold your doubts up against the same level of scrutiny that you hold your beliefs up to. In other words, doubt your doubts. So say, for example, you're in this spot where you're, uh, you're not sure. Is God going to take care of me? Am I going to be okay as we go through this um, this unprecedented time in our history. Am I going to be okay? Well, I probably need to take that fear and hold it up against the same scrutiny that I hold my belief that God is going to take care of me up against. John the Baptist says to Jesus, are you really the one? Are you really going to save us? Is Jesus, is God really in control or is that just a pipe dream? Are things really going to be okay? John's asking this type of question, similar to what we might be asking right now. Are they okay? Is God really going to take care of you? Can you really believe in him? Can you really trust him? Is it going to be okay? Watch Jesus' response to what John questions. John sends his disciples and they ask Jesus, Are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? And this is what Jesus says, Matthew 11, verses 4 through 6. Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who is not offended on account of me. Now these specific things are important because this is the exact list of things that the prophet Isaiah had said that the Messiah would do. Jesus' answer to John's question, John's doubts is, look and see. Look and see what's happening and decide for yourself if you can trust me. And I want to just finish our time by doing the same. I'm going to read a poem of sorts to you. It's more of an essay, really. It's called One Solitary Life. Everything in this poem is a matter of historical record. And what I want you to do is look and see. Is he strong enough to handle our present situation? Look and see, is he really the most important person who ever lived? Look and see, is Jesus really believable? Or is there someone who knows better than him? Should we be looking to someone else? The poem's called One Solitary Life. It's credited to a guy named James Allen Francis.
It goes like this. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant. He grew up in another village where he worked as a carpent in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Those are historical events. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is still the central figure of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, and all the presidents who were ever elected put together have not affected the life of mankind on this earth as much as that one solitary life. Kings and empires, doubters, mockers, governments, rulers, famine, war, disease, poverty, none of these things have been strong enough to erase his influence. So don't feed the fear. Nothing that's going to come against you is going to be strong enough to erase Jesus' influence. That's what history tells us when we look back and see what we've heard and what we've seen. Today's troubles are going to be in the rear view soon, and our king will still be on his throne. Tomorrow will come and tomorrow will go, and Christ will still be the most important, most influential person who ever lived on this planet. He will still be your Savior. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Let's set our minds on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Let's not just hope that God will come through, but let's assume it because we have a long history to look back and know He's going to come through. I want to leave you with just this one quick analogy. Uh, have you ever started your car? You got in, you turned the key, and nothing happened? Click, click, click. Uh, or just nothing? Ooh, dead battery. What'd you have to do? Well, you had to plug it into a live battery. You had to connect it to a power source. If you want to jump start something, you have to plug it in to a power source. So I want to encourage you when you're trying to jumpstart your excitement, when you're trying to jumpstart your courage or your confidence as we go through the days that lie ahead, get plugged into God's Word. Get charged up. Stay connected to your church family. Set your mind on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Set your mind on the hope that we have in God. I want to give you a piece of homework. Your homework is very easy. The five things that you're grateful for, Share them with somebody. Text somebody right now as soon as, you, as soon as you end this video. If you're with other people, talk about the things that you're thankful for. Be sure and stay connected. I'm looking forward to being with you, and I'm really excited about where we're going. Let's pray together really quick. Lord, thank you so much for my church family. Thank you that you're still on the throne no matter what comes against us.
Thank you that you have a long history of taking good care of those who trust in you. So we're just going to lean in to you. We're going to trust in you with all our heart. We're not going to trust our fear or our emotions. God, I pray that you would show yourself powerful. And Lord, if you can, if you can work good in our community through us, God, we're available to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you again soon.